This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at our Caribbean headlines for today. Ian becomes a major hurricane as it nears landfall over western Cuba. U.S. President Biden faces pressure to waive restrictions as ship idles off Puerto Rico coast. British Virgin Islands seeking over $50 million to continue recovery projects. EU allocates funds to Caribbean countries hit by food crisis. Antigua to follow up on bilateral commitments to support St. Kitts, a accreditation bid for climate finance, and Cuba votes to legalize same-sex marriage. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, September 27th. We start a report today in Cuba, where Ian has become a major hurricane as it nears landfall over western Cuba. Bahamanews.net reports Hurricane Ian has evolved into a major hurricane as it nears landfall over western Cuba. Forecasters at the Miami-based National Hurricane Center says Ian is carrying maximum sustained winds of 185 miles per hour, making it a Category 3 storm with destructive potential. Ian was last spotted 135 kilometers east of the western tip of Cuba and 55 kilometers from the city of Pinar del Rio, traveling at a speed of 20 kilomiles per hour. If the storm continues on its current track, it is expected to reach the cities of Tampa and St. Petersburg on Florida's western Gulf Coast as early as Wednesday. The area has not sustained a direct hit by a major hurricane since 1921. U.S. President Joe Biden has issued an emergency declaration for Florida. With the passing of Hurricane Fiona, U.S. President Biden is facing pressure to waive restrictions as ships idle off of Puerto Rico. The Washington Post reports President Biden faces growing pressure Monday to grant a federal waiver to allow a BP ship loaded with diesel fuel to access port in Puerto Rico. Because the ship is not U.S.-owned, it has been idling off the island's coast, awaiting a decision by President Biden's administration on waiving the Jones Act. According to the report, the law is backed by labor unions and key to the president's Made in America agenda. The Biden administration did not grant the waiver required for the ship to dock Monday, despite calls from the governor of Puerto Rico, local activists and members of Congress. Concerns were raised that the ship could leave soon at a time when hundreds of thousands remain without power in the American territory. White House officials said the Biden administration did not have the authority to simply suspend the Jones Act in Puerto Rico, citing a law passed by Congress in 2020 to crack down on broad waivers. Officials said Biden had the power to issue one-time waivers that could still provide much-needed temporary relief, but the administration officials said that any exception would require careful consideration to ensure it is legal. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. 
Now on to the British Virgin Islands, where the government is seeking 50 million to continue recovery projects. BVI News reports, with the 65 million Caribbean Development Bank loan for hurricane recovery projects almost exhausted, the government of the British Virgin Islands is looking to secure another loan within the same price range to continue its recovery. British Virgin Islands Premier and Minister of Finance, Dr. Natalia Wheatley, gave that indication in response to a question from the local media at a recent press conference. I don't want to give the specific amount, but it's upwards of 50 million, Dr. Whitley said. The Premier said the government need to get more funding to continue the recovery process post Irma and Maria. The Premier did not indicate where the government would be seeking the loan from, but he had already disclosed that the 300 million loan guarantee offer from the United Kingdom to continue projects is something that is not on the table. Dr. Whitley noted that the loan would not necessarily be from the United Kingdom, but the Virgin Islands would need to have a conversation with the UK government on borrowing because there is an agreement between the territory and the UK as it relates to the British Virgin Islands fiscal position. Next up, Antigua to follow up on bilateral commitments to support Sinkit's accreditation bid for climate finance. Ziz Online reports, Sinkit's Nevis is moving closer towards addressing climate-related challenges as Antigua and Barbuda has made commitments to support the Federation in its accreditation bid for green climate funding and by extension its move to address plastic pollution. During the 77th United Nations General Assembly, Dr. Joynell Clark, St. Kitts and Nevis Minister of Sustainable Development, Environment, Climate Action and Constituency Empowerment, met with the co-chairperson of the Alliance of Small Island States, Malwin Joseph, who is also Antigua and Barbuda's Minister of Environment, Health and Wellness. Clark said she had a debriefing with Minister Joseph and agreed on further bilateral meetings between Antigua and Barbuda in St. Kitts and Nevis to move forward together on accreditation to the Green Climate Fund as well as Adaptation Fund and addressing plastic pollution. In relation to regional interests, Dr. Clark said countries with new administrations such as Grenada and St. Kitts and Nevis have recognized the importance to lend their collective voices in the Caribbean, which he says we need to solidify our agenda heading to the UN Climate Change Conference, COP27. COP27 will be hosted by the government of the Arab Republic of of Egypt from November 6th to 18th. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. To share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now we take a look at Caribbean countries hit by food crises. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer via CMC reports the European Commission has allocated 600 million euros to finance immediate humanitarian food aid, food production and resilience of food systems in the most vulnerable countries in Africa, the Caribbean and the Pacific. In a statement by the European Commission, they said, this will help partner countries and vulnerable people to cope with the unjust consequences of Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine, notably the current food security crisis. 
The EC said as a part of the Team Europe response to global food insecurity, the funding will support people in Africa, Caribbean and Pacific countries where the humanitarian needs are the highest and where programs to sustainably enhance food security and resilience were identified. More precisely, the EC said the funding will be allocated 27 million euros for food production and resilience in the Caribbean. For emergency food assistance, the EC said 6.5 million euros will go to Haiti and 3 million euros for Caribbean countries such as the Dominican Republic. The EC said the world is facing a global food crisis aggravated by Russia's war aggression against Ukraine. The recently published mid-year update of the Global Report on Food Crises estimates that up to 205.1 million people currently face high level of acute food insecurity. In 45 countries covered by the Global Report on Food Crises, 2022. In other regional news, CARICOM launches new initiative to facilitate intra-regional trade. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports the initiative dubbed SimSupro, CARICOM Marketplace and Suspension Procedure will register suppliers and buyers of CARICOM-originated goods. CARICOM Chairman Santoki said the SimSupro provides a platform where entrepreneurs from CARICOM can offer their products from raw materials to finished goods. He said the region faces many challenges resulting from global developments, including the COVID-19 pandemic. And in order to recover from that, the region needs to be better equipped and must first work on strengthening our community's capacities and supporting each other. The extension of the regional integration, which has been sought since the start of CARICOM, can now be reached by visiting the website to seek the necessary inputs from the CARICOM marketplace. CARICOM Secretary General Dr. Carla Barnett, speaking at the lawn, said the initiative marks the important milestones in the evolution of the way trade and business can and will be conducted within the 15-member grouping. This is Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now here's a look at travel news. The Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association president is urging dynamic tax to address high cost of air travel to the region. The president of the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association is recommending a tiered dynamic taxation system as a novel and potential solution to address ongoing concerns about the high cost of air travel within and to and from the region. The president, Nicola Madden-Gregg, said one of the major constraints facing Caribbean travel is the heavy burden of taxation, and governments could well consider successful revenue management tactics employed within the tourism and aviation sector. Understanding that the full removal of taxes may be challenging, the president suggested a tax policy that is responsive to international travel demand seasonality. For example, governments can affix a higher airline tax 
in the peak winter season and lower taxes in the summer when the demand is weak, she said. Speaking at the recent Caribbean Aviation Day in Grand Bahama, the successful Jamaican hotelier said the economics of such a variable policy may in fact result in a net gain in tax revenue to Caribbean governments. Next up, Tobago hotelier against inter-island fare increases. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports Tobago Hotel and Tourism Association Vice President Carol Ann Birchwood Jades has described the 57.6 fiscal package as painful. Birchwood said that the fare increases on the sea and air bridge, as well as increases in fuel prices, would put additional strain on Tobagians. In his presentation on Monday, Trinidad and Tobago Finance Minister Colm Elmberg announced that diesel had increased to $4.41 per liter, and super gasoline is now $6.97 per liter. Premium gasoline has increased to $7.75 per liter and kerosene $4.41 per liter. He also announced that fares on the airbridge have moved from $150 to $200 per individual one way, and passengers on the inter island ferries will now have to pay $75 for standard class one way and $150 for premium class. People 60 and over who are not required to pay for trips on the sea bridge will now have to pay out $25 one way to travel on the ferries. Bertra James says, we go because we have to go to Trinidad. She said the government should not have increased the fares on both air and sea bridge. And here's our final note. Cubans have voted to legalize same-sex marriage. Antigua Newsroom reports Cuba has voted to legalize same-sex marriage in a national referendum. About two-thirds of the population voted to approve reforms in the new family code, which will also allow surrogate pregnancies and give gay couples the right to adopt children. It marks a big movement for Cuba which saw gay people persecuted and sent to work camps in the 1960s and 70s. However, there was significant opposition to the reforms among religious groups and conservatives. The referendum on Sunday for a new family code, a 100-page document, went through more than two dozen drafts and hours of debate in community-level meetings. According to the report, Cuba's government backed the law change and ran a nationwide campaign urging people to approve it. Speaking as he voted on Sunday, the country's president, Miguel Diaz-Canel, said he expected most of the population to vote yes and that the new code reflect the diversity of the people, families, and beliefs. This podcast has been brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, September 27th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. 
If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.